Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where each week we feature a brand new independent artist. No set questions, no agenda, just two musicians sitting down talking about what we love. So whether you're a musician yourself or simply a music fan, you're going to like this show. of me and that's how i kind of explain it to people i'm sorry i cut out because i was starting the recording what'd you say i said i i tell people that's like the wrestling version of me you know ah. i mean it is me but it's like it's me just a little bit turned up you know like a little more agitated than normal or a little bit more upset about something if that makes sense snap into a slim gym no. exactly <laughs> yeah the hype monster comes out huh exactly i mean my one of my favorite rants is i did a rant of uh Smoke detectors, and how they're just made by big battery to sell you fucking batteries because you don't ever need them. I was like, you'll know when your house is on fire, but I know that's like super dangerous to say, but right. it was one of my favorite rants I had. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think I would notice when it started getting really fucking hot. <laughs> right? That's what I was arguing. <laughs> I'm like, I have a hard time sleeping when it's like over like 70 degrees in here. It's, it starts getting up like a 140. I'm going to notice that shit. Yeah, when the electricity cuts off and the fan cuts off, like my eyeballs just open up. I'm like, what's yeah. that? No fan. Same. Hell, half the time if I hear the air conditioner click off, I'm like, what was that? Yeah, 100%. The same way. It actually woke me up a couple of nights ago. I'm like, what the hell was that? It's like, oh, it's just the air conditioner cutting off. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, man, it happens. Hell yeah, man. So, uh, so Mo, what's going on, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I guess I should let people know what I do, because um, that's yeah. what this is, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're here. We are two musicians and two podcasters sitting here ha- bullshitting. So why don't you like give everybody a little, uh, you know, origin story here? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. This the start of my all my creative endeavors, if you will, um, was probably when I first got out of high school and I went to college and I was finally off on my own. I started freestyling, right? So like I'd be in these dorms. And I got kicked out of the dorms about a month into college. But for that first month, uh, they put me in like the football dorms like with all the football players and other athletes. So I was just always freestyling with people, um, kind of working on that a little bit. And um, then I remember one time at a bar, I freestyled in front of a bunch of people for like 30 minutes. And it was like 80 people were around me. And it was like, oh, my God, this is this is great. Like, uh, this is crazy. And um, so for a couple of years, you know, I freestyle raft or whatever at parties. And that was fun. And then at some point in time, uh, I started writing lyrics. And then and then I quit. I quit for like five, six years. And uh, like in 2017, I believe it was, I came back with a mixtape that people were like, hey, that was pretty good. Um, and then I would say 2000. 17 as well maybe 18 beginning of 2018 i started my podcast uh, originally it was called the powwow with mo podcast but uh my best friend powwow moved away so then i had to rebrand it to a podcast with mo and um around the time i started a podcast with mo i also learned how to make beats 
So now basically my whole life is I make podcasts and I make beats and then I rap on those beats and uh, it, it consumes my entire life. Well, that's awesome, man. The hell of a transition. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like you were grinding it out for a while back in the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any, uh, I didn't get anything, you know, like a lot of young people, I like to let them know y'all are way further than me. The fact you have anything on streaming services or you like write down your lyrics somewhere to upload. Like I was just like, I've recorded like four or 500 freestyles that are nothing. They're horrible. They're shitty. They're on a bad microphone. Uh, you know, they didn't mean anything. Like I just wasted so much time and energy because I was, I mean, I was having fun, so, you know, you can't take that away from it, I guess. But uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I could have, if I, if what I knew now then, you know, I feel like I could have done some stuff a little better. Oh, hell yeah, man. But you were kind of honing your craft at the same time, too. So Very true. There's that. Very true. Yeah, I agree. I know I've I had a guitar since I was about probably 12, and... I would just pick around with it and I'd pick it up a little bit for a while. I'd kind of go for a few months where I'd be all into it, learning some new stuff. And then it might be six months to a year before I even picked the damn thing up again. And that was my story for quite a few years until I finally started getting serious about it. So I know how it goes. Yeah, I was, I think I got a bass guitar. I asked for one for Christmas when I was, you know, about 12 or so. And my mom got me that. uh, And it came with this cassette tape of this guy that was supposed to teach you how to play. But it was, like, super hard. Like, he was going so fast that, like, I immediately put it in a garage sale. I was like, I have to sell this. I don't know what I'm doing. Damn. Um, so, and I never was in band or anything like that. So, like, the fact that later on in life I figured out at least how to make these instrumentals, um, I, like, take probably too much pride in. But, uh, you know, I make a little money selling beats. So I'm like, hey, if, if I can figure it out, anyone can figure it out. You know, I took a week off work. Um, and I watched about 70 hours of YouTube that week I took off work. And then by the end of the week, I I could, for the most part, make something. It wasn't good. And then after I would say two years of like really grinding it out, all of a sudden people were like, hey, your beats are good. You know, like it takes a while until other people or, or maybe not until they notice, but until you get good enough for other people to notice, at least in my experience. Makes sense. Right. Now, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I'd had uh, YouTube back when I was a teenager and been trying to learn these songs and stuff and uh, just trying to like on my old cassette player and have to like set the little counter to zero at the beginning of the song so I could rewind back to that point and start and play through the song again and again and again. If I had had YouTube back in those days, I could have just gone on and was, hey, how, how to play x song title on guitar and like you can do now and you pull up you'll get 50 different tutorials on how to play any any given song right and it's even beyond music i mean like if the kid's in a drawing there's like youtube videos on how to draw stuff you know i, I used to like drawing as a kid like i wasn't that good because like i didn't know anyone else that could draw and i remember uh, when i was in junior high this kid moved in and he was like really good at drawing and then my drawing style was just me copying him because like he was like the only person i knew that was good at it so uh, you know, but kids today, they can just find anything and, you know, or adults today too. Like, I don't want to say it's just kids. Uh, you know, I think adults, uh, like even my, my dad's kind of older and he doesn't care at all about the internet, but he's finally been like, Hey, you know, you can YouTube and he'll mention something. I'm like, yes, you can YouTube everything. (laughs) Like, yeah, like years, a few years back, I had a washing machine that was having a, having a problem. And I, I I was able to go online and research, figure out what it was and find a YouTube video to tell me how to replace the part that needed to be replaced. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they have it for like every car model of every part of 
like I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy how much is on YouTube. Oh yeah. Anytime I need to replace something on the car that's not you know beyond like brakes or something simple like that, I man, shit, I'm go to YouTube and look up the video for it. There's always one there for whatever you want to replace. Right. I think it's very cool. Um, you know, so I try to remind myself because I'm I'm a pretty negative person in general, I think. Uh, but I'm like always trying to remember remind myself like we live in the best age ever. If you if I need to know anything, I can always go figure it out. And I get annoyed with people that go on Facebook or Twitter and they ask like a simple question. And I'm like, you can Google it. Like, so I just try to take the onus on me to do that myself as well. Yeah, I like to reply to people like, hey, there's a great website that you can go for that. It's called Google.com. Check right. it out. Exactly. I have replied to people with that before because it's like, really? Do you going to come here to ask that? Yeah, I mean, that some people do it for attention, so I get it. But uh, Yeah, there's that. It is what it is. Um, so I do have to ask a quick question. You know, since you listen to my podcast, uh, what did you think? You know, I'm I'm always curious. I was digging on that episode, man. I was uh just listening to it. And it was one of yours where you just you and a buddy are just like ranting about various topics and whatnot. And the one where the you were talking about menthols, menthol cigarettes, and this recent to like push to try to ban those and how it equates to the uh, the banning of weed and the racial component that went along with that back in the day. And I was like, oh no shit, that's the exact same thing. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of crazy. I hadn't thought about that until I listened. Yeah, uh, my Monday episodes, my cousin Snappy, he he lives in town here uh, where I live, and uh, he's like a little older, countryer guy than me, a little more conservative. So I kind of like to have him over to balance me out some. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole menthol thing was crazy, how obvious it is. And I've been, you know, I've had a podcast for like three three years now, I think. And something that I've stayed pretty consistent on is when I do talk politics, I really think both sides are the worst. You know, like I don't. I know Same. people get mad whenever you're like, you're equating that to that. And I'm like, at the end of the day, though, like, what's anyone doing? You know, I don't know. Like, I kind of get behind uh, this whole, like, the welfare state the left is creating being just as bad as the, like, post-apocalyptic, no one has money future, the rotten my one. I don't know. You know, like, they both all seem bad. I don't see any, any positive. And so I like to, uh, on those Monday episodes, do more current event stuff. And then anytime politics comes up, I just like to be like, hey, I think this is stupid. You know, I spent four years being like, I think Trump's an idiot. And I think I've spent a good few months here being like, I think Biden's administrations are full of idiots as well. And that makes some people upset on both sides, you know, but I just kind of go with my gut reaction. Yeah, this just came up on a recent episode I did. Um, actually, it's the one that's airing that just it would actually be airing in the morning. I just was editing it or editing it earlier today, and I heard this, hurt myself saying it, but um, like I've come to the conclusion that if you even want the job of president or politician at all, for that matter, it takes an exceptionally narcissistic person to even want that job. So you're automatically someone that I really don't give a fuck about right there off the bat. Right. I haven't listened to a single speech by any U.S. president in like at least 15 years. I just don't have – they're going to do what they're going to do. Let them do it, man, and uh, it's another damn thing I'm going to do to stop it. So, uh, well, And it's going to have very little effect on how I live my daily life anyway, so fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's more about the parties than the people and uh, – yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. None of it really sits around me. I think there should be an age limit. You know, like I'm not to be mean if we have any Term old listeners limits on Congress, but like, oh, for sure that, uh, but like, you know, like 
my grandparents are, I guess, okay. But then again, like they're like retired and sitting at home and, and like, yeah, we have all these old people like running the country that I'm like, listen, we all know some like elderly people and they, they would, shouldn't be making law. I don't know. I just can't get over this. How like, I just think we need people that are more representative of the people they're representing. I don't know, you know what the answer is to that, but I am going to just keep calling out bullshit. I'm, I'm general vote libertarian on most things, but I understand it's like kind of a fool's party and like, that it, like it relies heavily on like everyone doing the right thing, which I realize won't happen. But I do just in general enjoy their their uh, their memes and their and their politics online. I'm like I can get with the, the libertarians. Yeah, the, I, it really seems like politicians have one thing on their mind, and that's getting elected. Until they get elected, then the only thing they give a shit about is getting reelected, and that's yeah. all they're really worried about. Because like I mean, you the, could look, you could look back at the last fifty years, go back to like the nineteen sixties, and what were the platforms they were running on at the time? They were running on abortion, they were running on race, racial issues, and they were running on education. What are we still running on today? Has anything really gotten done? I mean, we a lot I mean, of those the things thing, have improved, but like, has the government really accomplished anything in those areas? I would argue no, because if they really did, then they wouldn't have that to run on next time. Right. I mean, it's the same reason, uh, you know, Superman doesn't just beat the shit out of whoever at the end of the episode of the comic book. You know, it's because right. they have to sell another issue. I mean, that's how it works. Um, so anyway, not to bring everyone down talking about politics on this cool right. music podcast. But in general, my, I have this podcast called A Podcast of Mo, And uh, on Monday, we talk about shit like that. And then also sometimes some fun things. My cousin Snappy is just like a normal, regular guy. So he likes to be like, this week at my normal job, I did, the, you know, he'll bring some normal stuff into it. And um, I do feel like, oh, like people that have listened to us for like, you know, years, like, you know, they really feel like friends, you know, like they really feel like they know us. And, and you know, people, I'm pretty friendly with a lot of people online. Um, and so like, you know, a lot of people hit me up like, hey, I liked your take on this or whatever this week. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then Wednesday's episodes that I have are typically an artist or another podcast or, you know, something like that. and Or it's just one of my friends that happened to come over. You know, once a month, my wife will come on and talk about some books she read because she reads a lot of fucking books. And, um, and, and yeah, anyway, so my podcast is about a lot of shit. You know, it's not going to say about one thing. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff. And then we have a music oh, yeah. episodes where I play like 18 songs from uh, people on the Internet that send me MP3s. And uh, we give like a one sentence review of like, hey, that was pretty cool. And then we all smoke weed and shit. So badass, man. Yeah. Cool. Tom. That's cool. Cause I, like I've been meaning to hit you up and talk to you about, you know, doing shows together and all this like this for a while now. And I just kept forgetting to actually go do it, man. And then like Kid G, who, you know, obviously was on a uh, recorded episode with him last week. And then and it came up while I was talking with him. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get with Mo, man. And then. Um, just the other day on Sunday, I was, I had forgotten one, Jordan Faust, and he was on, and we we're talking about it, and the same thing came up, I was like, fuck, man, I've got to get, in. so like, I went and messaged you right after we got done with <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, th now they're biased, because they've both rapped on my beats before, and I've been on their songs, and, uh, they've, been, they've now both been on my podcast. Kid G actually j is going to be on mine in the morning uh, from when this from when we were recording this. So, uh, you know, take their their words with a grain of salt. Uh, but I do think some people will enjoy my shit. 
you know, and I do think I'm a pretty good podcast guest. Like, I feel like every podcast I've called into, everyone's like, hey, I appreciate it. And since you've been on a podcast and you do one, you know what the fuck's up. And um, as someone who has a podcast, you know, I'm like 260 something episodes in. Now, like I said, half of those are with my cousin, uh, you know, so but the other ones are with other people. And I do get artists sometimes that just suck. Like the energy's not there or they like they feel awkward to talk to because this really is it's kind of like a phone call, you know, and like I guess maybe because I grew up in the age of, uh, you know, I, I remember in high school, I stayed up fucking many a night for hours trying to talk to some girl who was out of my league who was never going to date me. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I'm sweet on the phone and I'm fat, but, you know, she can't tell on the phone. And so, like, we hone these skills, you know, yeah. and. I do think some of the younger generation, they get on these calls, and as soon as they talk, they're like, they just sound awkward, and I can feel the energy immediately, and then it ruins it for – no, it's a ruin. Like, I try my best, you know, but I'm not I'm not really an interviewer. That's not really what I do. I'm kind of just a shoot the shit with the person, and so if you're not giving me a lot, it's really hard. So um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you I'm the same that. way. This show is completely conversational, man. There's no set agenda. Like, I usually like to try to get – you know, talk to people about – a, how they got into music, B, how they've kind of gotten to where they are now with their music and what they're currently doing, what they've recently released, and what they've got coming up. You know, those are the points I like to try to hit along the way. But there's no set agenda. There's no real – there's definitely no, like, a script or anything written out. It's just a loose format that I like to try to go by. And uh, But it's just conversational. I like to let it be really organic. And I had one guest. I won't name him. But, right. <laughs> Like I, actually, I can't even call him a guest because it it won't air because the recording was about four and a half minutes. That's where we decided to say, yeah, this isn't working. <laughs> it was that bad, and he was probably around my age, maybe even a little bit older. And uh, he had just written a book, and he was like, he had some PR person that was like out shopping around trying to find podcasts for him to get on and everything. And they they approached me, and I was like, oh, cool. So we got on there, and it was the same type of deal, like we're talking about. He was. Exp- apparently expecting a formal like interview type style thing going on and i was just trying to shoot the shit with him and he was kind of just sitting there staring at me he had his camera on on skype here and he was just like kind of sitting there and staring at the camera and and wasn't really giving me much of anything and i was trying to make this work and he he was like yeah this really isn't working is it i was like yeah no it's really not (laughs) it was almost like having a bad first date you know when you don't even know what the fuck to talk about and you're trying to trying to make a little small talk and you just come to the realization that yeah this is just not working (laughs) right well and you know i hate being mean about it uh but you know there's like the me that's friends with the people that are calling in and then there's like the me that's like i have people that listen to my podcast and I don't want it to suck. You know, like, like right. I have a Patreon where I make a little bit of money every month for people like give me money. And I, so like that somehow puts some responsibility that I'm like, I need it to be a decent show. You know, I can't just have you calling in being an ass. Yeah, exactly. And, and it wasn't, you know, we were, he was cordial, but I was like, he's like, why don't you try to reschedule this when you're more prepared? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. And we got off the call and I know neither one of us had any intention of ever rescheduling that show at that point, but right. it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. I have had some people hit me up like that, and they asked if if they could just be on the podcast, and I respond like with all this shit of like uh, I don't interview people. I've never had someone call in that I just don't know at all. Like it's always someone I've DM'd with a little bit, or like we were somewhat in the same internet friend circle. Like you know, like I haven't just right. had just a a random cold call like that. And honestly, I'm just uh, I'm a kind of shy, introverted person. That's not 
I don't know. Maybe I would be fine, you know, doing it. Um, you know, I was really resistant to one guest I had who now has become a patron, actually. And he told me multiple times, like, hey, I can call in. I can call in. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man, because I just didn't know him, you know, and I was kind of being weird. And then when he called in, he was a fucking great guest. You know, he was like all into conspiracy theories and all kinds of crazy shit we got to talk about. He was like one of my more listened to episodes. And so I was like, you know, sometimes I am an idiot and I'm a little too reserved. But so I do got to remind myself to open it up and, you know, let in some new people every now and then. Um, but I've also been burned. I'm, I'm curious if you have as well. Like I'll have I'll have people that are like they're scheduled to do it up until like 10 minutes before and then all of a sudden, something crazy always happens. Like, hey, I just got called into work at 9 p.m. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then they like, you never hear from them again. So that's some issue. So I, I get weird of who I schedule because I always think people are going to flake out on me. Right. I've had, And I've had several that have had to get rescheduled a couple, sometimes two or three times. But we always wound up do, getting around to it to do it. So I haven't had right. anyone completely flake yet. Oh, wait, there was one. I'm trying to remember who the hell it was. It was like a year ago or more now. And, and uh, there was one person that like, I tried to reschedule with like three or four times. And I finally said, fuck it, and gave up. Right. Well, anyway, it's just the life of a podcaster. Um, you know, I'll quit interviewing you, I guess. And and eventually nope. you'll be, you can be on my podcast, of course, and, and I'll ask you all kinds of questions. Sounds good, man. That's like uh, Kid G, actually. When he was on last week, we'd actually had to reschedule that one twice. Was the first the first time he was like he had a family emergency and he had to like bounce. I'm like, yeah, dude, you gotta go handle that. That's way the fuck more important than this. <laughs> right. And, and it all worked out, man. And he, a couple of days later, he was on the show and we we got it in the can and we're good to go. That actually happened with uh, me and him as well. He had to reschedule one, so maybe it was yeah. the same issue. Could have been, man. But like I've had several that have had to be rescheduled. It's shit, probably almost half of them. I mean, a quarter probably, but it's it's not uncommon. Right. As I'm sure you well know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I just do too many. You know, I, I do two to three a week. Uh, I've yeah. thought about cutting it back to one a week again. Um, but I used to have it where, like, the first half was me and my cousin talking, and the second half was me and someone else. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make it two episodes. I don't know. It, it worked out a lot better whenever I split it up, I think. Sounds like it t- just took you a while to hone in on what was going to work, huh? Right. And, and that's another thing. It, it does. It kind of takes you a while to figure it out. Um, yep. And, you know, for anyone out there that wants to start a podcast or thinking about it, I'm always available to help, of course. Um, but you got to know, like, once you start, the machine is going, you know, like, you are going to be doing it constantly if you're going to do like a really go for, it, you know, because you have to put it out on a consistent basis, whether that's once a month, once a week, once a whatever. You just got to be consistent about it. So, like, once you start, there is kind of quite a bit of pressure to be like, oh, fuck. And then, like, I, like I said, I've gone on for like three years now where I haven't really missed and so, yeah, I don't know. It's like a fun streak, but it's also really nerve-wracking. Like, I don't necessarily have someone for my next Wednesday episode, but I'm like, but I know I will. I just sent an email today to somebody, but it's like, ah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, man, I, I know how it goes, dude. Like, I'm, consistency is key. And, like, I was – I started this show last January, January of 2020, and, like, what, right at two months later, we – Everything got locked down for COVID, which actually wound up being a pretty good thing for podcasting because everybody right. was available. <laughs> right. Yeah. But especially musicians that are normally out gigging and practicing and such, they're they have a lot more time on their hands at that point. So Yeah, worked out. But, yeah. But then like July came around and I had some shit go on in my personal life and I wound up taking a bit of a hiatus that was supposed to be a few weeks. It wound up turning into a few months. 
Um, but I didn't come back until January, until December. So I literally had been going for six months and then took like five months off. And that was, that almost killed it. I, I was afraid it might not ever come back again after that. But right. before that hiatus, I've been up to like doing two episodes a week. I was doing these interview episodes. Pardon me, that beer. <laughs> and I was doing these interview episodes of dropping on Monday back then. They're on Wednesdays now. But And then I was doing the uh, Artist Spotlight episodes where I'd play like three tracks. You know, they'd send me an MP3, MP3s and I'd, I'd play them and give a critique of them. I kind of break it down, talk about the instrumentation, the vocals, the lyrics, and the whole nine. So. And those were fun to do, but they're like way more time consuming because I've got to listen to that song you know, through like three or four times, you know, to fully get everything I want to get out of it. And and then all the times I fuck up when I'm trying to record my parts, and I've got to go back and redo them. So it takes a while. Right. Right. I haven't gotten back to redoing to doing those again yet since the hiatus. I've done one since then and it was fun, but I need to get back at it. Right. I, I always want to make more podcasts. You know, like I had a producer challenge. I think I did five of those where I sent out like loot packs or I sent out a song for producers to sample and make a beat out of. And then we rated them. And then we actually had one uh, other podcaster throw in a $50 cash prize on one episode that someone won. And it was really fun, but it was like a lot of fucking work. And then like they did not get the listens, you know, that like made it worth it, which maybe it was like short sighted of me. But you know, like I, I'm always down to try some new shit, you know, on a podcast. Like, let's see what sticks. Yeah, yeah I've got a concept for another one. I've been just like, I need to find the right co-host though. Like, like uh, my bass player from my band would he and I have similar sense of humor, and it'd be a total like fun, funny, no, no real, just a current topic type thing, kind of like the episode I just listened to of yours. And right, and uh, it would be music related, but he and I would do well. But he lives like way the hell across town, and scheduling issues yeah i don't we just haven't been able to make it work yet but i really i really think that that has legs right it could i mean i'm always one of you i don't know how long my podcast will go i've always said i'm gonna cancel it at 500 if we don't blow up by then um you know and i'm like well what'll be next and so that's what i'm like well why really cancel it at 500 if i'm already thinking of like what would be the podcast after this one i currently do so we'll see we'll see go ahead and start that next one and right. keep this one going and then shout it out on this one <laughs> get some attention there you know maybe get it help get it started shit. right it's not a bad not a bad I, I would like to make a collective someday you know i've always thought uh you know some sort of like collection of five or six people that like you could always rotate like a two-person thing that maybe it came out daily like i don't know i have some ideas where i'm like i really because i listen to a lot of podcasts you know like uh you know, not, I don't just make them. I listen to probably like 30, 40 hours of podcasts a week. And so I'm always like, what What do I like in a podcast? And if I could do it, and then maybe it wouldn't be good. You know, and that's another another thing. Some people want to just make stuff uh, because it's fun and I get that. But another part of me is like, if it's not going to be good, you know, do I want to keep making it? You know, I have those struggles often. Yeah, I feel you. We all do, man. For sure. So how many like how much music do you currently have? What's your current catalog look like? Um uh I think I'm at like 60 songs on like streaming services something like that. Uh I started making beats when I was like 2018 I believe uh was when I took a the week off uh the last week of June 2018. And so I think that October of 2018 I put out a 
album called Too Pretentious that is only available on my SoundCloud and Bandcamp if anyone is interested. And that was my first uh, self-produced album. And it was kind of about depression because I'm a depressive, depressing person from sometimes. And, uh, you know, but I was really proud of it because I made all the beats. Now, in hindsight, when I go back and listen to it, like shit's not in key, 808s aren't in scale, you know, like all this stuff. That I just didn't know at, at the time because I was still new to it. And um, but I still, you know, have like some affinity for it. And then eventually I made uh these this project called internet friends which is i guess at the moment kind of my shit you know that's what people on the internet know me for a little bit not that they really know me but you know what i mean and uh so this internet friends series i I make the beats i send them out to artists they they choose a beat they make a song to it but they leave me a spot in it and then i finish off the songs like i have a verse on it as well and i've i've made three of those albums so the newest one internet friends three came out uh probably about a month month and a half depending on whenever this comes out and um it'll be about three weeks from now yeah it's about, about a month and a half ago i yeah. would say from when this is going to come out and um it's been pretty well received you know as far as uh whatever level i would be considered at in this rap stuff um i, I think the production's pretty good you know I've, uh just keep on going man you know i keep making friends online you know i give them their splits um uh, try to have a good have fun you know a lot of people act like the music stuff's all business and it is but you know i think i've done a pretty good job of finding people that i work with um that are friendly i don't know so internet friends is very fitting to to the title uh, of the projects and then of course i've put out some eps as well um some smaller projects of solo stuff and maybe some singles here and there when i just want to rap on stuff and then um, also put out some beats on Spotify underneath the artist name A to the Mo makes beats because why not? And I get no listeners on that, but I just put them up anyway for the hell of it. <laughs> Perhaps it'll pull in a few listeners at some point in time. If not, right? I mean, so I'm, be it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my beats I normally make uh, the way it works in my my world is I make a beat and then it goes to a folder. Um, that says decision folder and then at some point in time i go through the decision folder so like let's say it has like 10 beats in it and then from there i decide if i want to keep that beat for myself or if i want to put it in my store or if i want to give it to a friend because like i I might just hear it and i'm like you know what this sounds just like bradster x and i you know put in a folder and email it out to him or something um or sometimes I think like, hey, this has a certain feel of like this collection, and then that's when I'll put out like a beat tape on Spotify. But anyway, so I make these decisions on what I'm going to do with the beat, just kind of sporadically, um, you know, a gut feeling, and then that that decides what happens to them. If that makes sense. But I make lots of beats. Probably wait. Probably do that honestly more than anything else. Um, you know, even more so than the probably the rapping and the podcast. Wow. That makes me think. I've always I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've been wanting to get someone who could that kind of I could work with, and we could come up with a concept and make a beat that I could then lay like guitar tracks over and stuff, and really make something like collaborative to kind of meld those two genres together and really make something really fucking dope out of it. But I haven't really put a lot of time into thinking it through just yet but maybe we ought to get off get together offline and i have a discussion yep. about that i mean it would definitely be easy uh my probably what i would say like my best written song if anyone's curious is called two different people and uh, i actually had a friend of mine cj jones so if you need more people in the future to hit up i guess that there's you one um he calls CJ, my, yeah. yeah he calls my podcast from time to time and all that uh he actually did the guitar um and then sent me that guitar and then i I used it to make the beat in which I made 
the song two different people. So like he gets a percentage of that, you know, every play or whatever because he's played the guitar. So I actually do have some homies that that send me some guitar loops and it's my favorite shit because I can't play the guitar. Um, and so yeah, I mean we can definitely do that. And then if you, I've also done it the other way. Uh, you know, my homie Strong Maurice, he's out of Australia. He does not do podcasts. I ask him all the time and he won't do it. But um. He he's I've used some of his loops to make a beat, and then after the fact, how he's heard it, he's like, he's taken off what I use as loops, and then replayed over the beat with live guitars, right. and it's like, oh shit, that's super good. So like, it is definitely possible, definitely possible. I've done that once with an EDM producer guy out of Holland actually, and uh, he he was looking for somebody to to work with on on a track, and he he'd been on the show, and we talked about it. And we got together afterwards, and he wound up sending me a track, and I like couldn't, I couldn't get the, I just could not get the feel for that one. They're like, all right, well, let's try this one. And he sent me a di- completely different one, and I got to vibing with it a little bit. I was like, all right, I can work with something like that. So it was more of a melodic piece, which is not what I normally play, but it worked out pretty cool. And it's like I wound up doing a featured spot on his album that came out last year, so it was cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, uh, you know, producer collabs are, are very popular on Twitter. You know, I wish I'd done more. You know, not a lot of people hit me up these days. Right. Uh, but I think once you send something off to someone, you kind of just have to be like, let them do whatever, you know, yep. like on the producer side. And I think it's a little different on vocals because you, you're normally expecting, you know, something a little more specific there. But I just don't think you can hold on too much to like. Oh, I want it to have, you know, whatever structure I want it to the sound, because I do kind of think once it's passed off, it's like if you're like made the melody, for instance, and you pass it off to a producer to do the drums, you kind of just have to let it be. You know, some people, uh, I think, sometimes get hung up on on little things like that. Like, so for me, if I'm produce, if I'm collabing with someone, it's like I'll make it as fucking crazy as you want. You know, I'm all for it. Yeah, and that's what he did, man. He just sent me this track, like, do what you want to do on it. And uh it was a little more down tempo than even than what I, you know, cause I'm a rock and metal guy primarily is what I play. But, um, I was able to put something together. It was in a, an odd key that I'm not used to playing in. And it was a slower melodic piece that I'm not really used to doing. <laughs> so it was way the hell out of my normal comfort zone, but that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Cause it kind of pushed myself as an artist and, and we wound up having a ball doing it. So i I recorded a track and sent it back. I just recorded a scratch one just with an open mic in the in the room in front of my amp. I didn't it wasn't really great. This is a kind of a sample as to what I was had in mind to send it to him. He's like, Yes, that's it, do it. So okay. So I sat down and worked it up and practiced it out and recorded it and it worked out great. Right. Yeah. Um I think collabs are, are awesome. You know, like was in my last album is nothing but collabs. <laughs> like that's the yeah. whole album. And so yeah, three uh, of them now. <laughs> Right, and it, it is hard because people record on different microphones in different environments all over the yeah. world. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not great at mixing. You know, I've gotten better over the years, you know, with my self-taught self. But, like, I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Like, when someone asks me questions or feedback, I can give them, like, small, like, vague tips. But, like, as far as what I do, I don't fucking know. I just did something I've done for years, and, you know, like, I've been working on it on, like, my dolls of choice for whatever so like i know i'm not you know i don't talk down to anyone or preach to them about like sound quality but i will be like hey i don't think that's mixed great or something you know like i don't necessarily know how to fix stuff if that makes sense right yeah i would be the same way i'm not i've only got a real basic knowledge of that sort of thing right 
Like uh, I had a guy yesterday send a song in for my music podcast, and uh, he was respectful whenever he hit me up on Twitter, and I told him how to you know submit a song. But it just it sounded like he was rapping in you know, like a soup can or whatever. And I was like, I just can't play. I can't play this next to people who have like really good sounding music that they yeah. send me. You know, like it's like disrespectful to the other people to play something like this with that. You know, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's me being too uh, too big. You know, but no, man, because I, I, I get it. Like I've had people like want, that wanted to be on the podcast or that were like trying to submit to one, the playlists I was curating last year and such like that and. Some of it, I was just like, yeah, I just have to write them back, say, I'm sorry, it's not going to be a fit right now. And I was just trying to be polite. And I didn't right. want to tell them, dude, that's fucking garbage. Because <laughs> there were some of them that that was the fitting response. Only like a handful were that bad. But but it, every once in a while, you get one that's like, oh, my God. There was, there was this one person that responded the last time i put out an open call on twitter for guests i hadn't done that in a few months now but uh hell probably five, four or five months but i decided to put out an open call i'll do that every once in a while just to try to get some new blood in you know and it, they always get flooded when you do that because everybody under the sun is not trying to get some exposure and i get it um but like i'll have hundreds of responses on those tweets and and uh this this one guy he sent a link he dm'd me a link to his spotify page and i i could i don't i couldn't tell if he's joking and this is like a, a parody thing or if he really is serious and thinks he's a good singer because it's the most horrific singing i've ever heard in my life and he seems like he's serious and he's got several he just released a new album because i've still followed the guy just because of the comedic for the comedic factor right and it, it's it's just amazing and i, I, I heard so he had a new release i was like oh i've got to go here i think it was a new single actually it's like oh, i've got to go listen to this and it, it right was, it's like the, it was even worse than the ones i'd listened to before <laughs> it's like the guy that was on american idol the asian guy william hung William Hung, yes. And, this dude uh, makes William Hung sound like Sinatra. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, that or, was such a crazy time uh, in history. But I remember I went to this like nerd camp, is what I call it. It was like this uh, summer camp on this college or whatever. And there was this girl who was like that. Like she thought she could sing really well, and she would sing all the time. And then everyone just lied to her and told her she could. And so she really thought she could. And, like, in hindsight, I feel so bad that I participated in the, like, yeah, you sound good. You know, and she would just keep singing. Because um, I bet even now I bet she sings for people and she doesn't understand why they don't think she's a good singer. Yeah. It's like some of those people that, like, they're they're absolutely horrible. They go on, like, American Idol or something like that, and they're, like, and they just tell them, absolutely not. You Was that <laughs> Or no, they are tell you serious them, with this? And, no, they tell them yes like off. seven times, and then when they get yeah. to the end, then they're like, no, no, you're fucking horrible. <laughs> so American Idol kind of sets them up. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, <laughs> some of them, they, they leave out there, like, just pissed. They're like, they don't know what they're missing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, man, it's hilarious. I'm I'm going to send you that the guy I was talking about. I'm just – Oh, yeah. I, sure. I want to I wanted to call him out because I I think he's really like probably doing this just like to be an internet troll, but 
then I kind of halfway don't because I don't know if he's serious and really thinks he's putting out quality music. So I'm a little hesitant to actually call him out publicly, but I'll send it to you. Right. This sure. is absolutely hilarious. We had a on like my music spinoff, rather episode three or episode six or somewhere around there. I don't really remember. I think we're like on 51 at the moment. So it's been a while. But towards the beginning, um, this guy worked in this factory with my cousin, the one who's on the Monday episode you listen to. And um, this guy wanted to send him music to the podcast. And so since he knew my cousin, I went ahead and accepted it. And it was a little lower quality. You know, it wasn't very good. And uh, <clears throat> we play it. You know, we... His name was Mr. Play a Click. I'll say his name because I've been talking shit ever since that episode. <laughs> and uh, so we play Mr. Play a Click, and it's kind of whack as shit, you know. But it also has like some throwback nostalgia to it that were like all of us at the table were laughing the whole time, you know. Like there was some fun to it, but it just wasn't that good. And anyway, we go on about our stuff. But then, I, and for whatever reason, I got Wade probably overreacted to this, but he bought like 3,000 fake plays for that episode on SoundCloud because that's what I host on. And so we had all these fake plays on the episode. And then he also bought all these fake comments that were like, Mr. Play a Click's the best. Mr. Play a Click deserves to get a record deal. Who's signing Mr. Play a Click? And he was like the worst person by like a lot on the episode, you know? And it just was so fucking stupid. I started deleting all the comments, which I wish I would have left them, you know, but I was just that day like this dumb fucker. And I couldn't get rid of the plays. So anyway, I got really mad about it. And uh, it's like... It's like part of the podcast lore now, though. You know, like we bring it up every 20 to 30 episodes. It's like, you remember Mr. Play a Click? And we have a good laugh about it. So, <laughs> Man, I've, I've been hearing about people doing that. Like like musicians will go and buy fake plays, fake streams on Spotify for their people they see as competition. And I just don't get that, man. Right. I mean, right now, like my numbers on Spotify look kind of out of whack because I, it says I have a lot of monthly listeners, right? But I don't really, it's just that I made a song um, called Nobody Like Me. And then I made a super mega remix of that song that had 10 people on it, which was on Internet Friends too. And then after that, I done a, I remade the beat using like some more horror sounds and then made a Nobody Likes Me Graveyard Edition mix because there's this record label out there called graveyard entertainment that are my homies and they they're like the only reason i get plays right they put me on playlists and do all this stuff so this was like i just gave them a free song that they could do whatever they want with as like a thank you for you know being the homies kind of and uh anyway they uploaded it and the way they uploaded it it counts that song's numbers count for my profile right if that makes sense like it doesn't say like them featuring me it's them with me and so since it says with instead of featuring, every time that gets a play, it it counts it for my profile, which is kind of weird. Um, so anyway, they've been submitting that to so many playlists, you know, whether paid or free, that it gets like thousands of listens. But those I don't actually get any plays because I gave it to them. And I'm not <laughs> mad about that at all. But it's just people see that I have like 7,000 monthly listeners. And I'm like, I will be honest with you. all I'm not balling like that. Mine may be at like a thousand, you know, maybe. That a thousand monthly listeners, but it's just not quite uh, what it may appear at the moment. And so I always feel really weird about that, you know. So I do know there are people out there that they pay for a lot of fake numbers or to get on certain playlists. I, I'm okay if you want to pay to get the opportunity to get your get you in front of somebody, but I do think to pay to constantly keep up a facade. I don't get that, you know. 
where someone's no. like, I need a monthly budget of this just to make it look like I get this. You know, I don't understand that. But nah. even worse is the people that are buying fake streams for other people to try to get them discounted by the algorithm, you know? Right. That's, yeah. That's some fucked up shit right there. Or just, I mean, you can almost just report anyone on these apps and they'll just go ahead and say you're wrong first. And then you have to say like, no, no, you did it wrong. And then they'll look into it. You know, like you see that shit all the time. Yeah. Totally guilty until proven innocent, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how it works. That's how it is everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, it doesn't matter. If you get reported, they're just going to slap your ass and and you can try to appeal it if you can find somebody to appeal to. Right. Like I got a uh, a, a stupid um, copyright strike on a video on Facebook. I mean on YouTube here a while back for an original piece that I I did, and I was just playing it on guitar and recorded myself and posted it on YouTube. And it was a basic one four five progression. It's like a basic one four five blues progression. Twelve old school twelve bar blues. I was just trying out this uh this, this guitar after I got done doing a project on it, and it was my first test on it. So and I posted that on YouTube. And one of the larger music distributors that's out there today, I'm not gonna say their name because I don't need legal action taken, but they come to find out have started this predatory practice where they will go find obscure songs out there that they can buy the rights to very inexpensively that are like, you know, 10, 20 year old songs. Uh, this particular one was from some sh song from some kids TV show from like 2002. And they tried to say that my song was a copy of that one and tried and filed a copyright strike against me. Yeah. I've had the same thing with, uh, you know, a beat of mine. The melody was just random fucking noises. You know, I just started to like the noises on, on my computer. Like, it was nothing. It was like gibberish, like the melody, right? Like, it was a little experimental. And it came back that I stole, that it was a copyright of some Japanese pop song that I listened to. And I was like, I don't understand how they got this. Like, they didn't sound anything alike, like even a little bit. Come on, we know J-pop is one of your guilty pleasures. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was into all of it. <laughs> i tell you what, there's one J-pop group that I've kind of gotten into a little bit, and that's, uh, have you ever heard of Baby Metal? No. No idea. Uh, they are, there are three, I think one of them left the band a couple years ago, and I don't know if they've impressed or not, it doesn't matter, but like, there are three teenage Japanese girls singing, mostly in Japan, Japanese with a few English words, you know, mixed in here and there for effect. But they have like a full metal band backing them. They're playing like, but they're singing these real poppy J-pop lyrics over this intense metal track that's going on. And like their their stage shows are insane. And it's it's just really funny. The juxtaposition of that just cracked me up when I first saw it. And I was like, I really I really kind of dig this. <laughs> it's not just it's not great by any means, but it's just fun and entertaining, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, Japan and Korea, they they go crazy on their music scenes. They really days. do. They, we, we have lost that in America. You know, whatever that excitement is, uh, you know, there's definitely it, or at least we've lost it in a, a lot of it in American music. And we have we don't have the big rock stars that are like filled with excess like we had back in the day. You know, we don't have any. I don't know if there's any like motley crew out there these days. that's just going just berserk all the damn time. That may be a good thing in some ways, but in some ways we're missing out on that. You know, 
Well, I mean, I think it's still happening. They just have to kind of do it probably more behind the scenes a little bit more because of the cancel culture that exists around. Oh, there's that, uh, yeah. Like, and I mean, rappers are kind of like the modern day rock stars in a way That's because hip hop yep. is the dominant uh, genre or whatever. But like the baby, yep. for instance, you know, like there's there'll be articles about him every couple months about how he punched some guy at a restaurant or something. You know, like so like there's little things like that. But yeah, it's not like uh, and, and again, I didn't live through it. This is just, you know, me after the fact where it seemed like the world was just rock bands on tour, trash and hotels all the time, you know, and that was just the way it was. Yeah. And like I don't know why more people aren't like leaning into that. Like like you said, the baby getting called out for shit like that, his behavior, you know, like even like pop stars like Bieber's been called out in the media for some of his behavior and behavior I'm tripping over my tongue. Um, but you go back to like comedians like Louis C. K. when he got me Too'd back then back in the day, a few years back and I really think some of these guys, especially like in Louis's case, if he'd have just come out and said, yeah, I asked these girls if I could jerk off in front of them, you know, and they said yes, so I picked it up, whipped it out, and did my business. I, didn't, well, I think he said did no and walked out the fucking door. No, but, They could have walked out the door. I don't give a shit. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I think it is problematic stance that we have, but Louis did say all of that at the time, but it was met with people saying that, well, even though he asked and they said yes, because he was famous, they felt like they had to say yes. Like, you know, like there is more. I remember them saying that and I'd be like, so he was in a. So like if your kink was that you wanted someone to watch you jack off, you have to find someone of equal fame. I remember thinking, like, I don't understand the rules, the rules here. But yeah, uh, he's he's come back since then. Oh, yeah, yes, you know? I know. Was, I'm glad to see it. But I really think if he'd have leaned into the skid more in, in that deal, he might have fared better. Right in the interim, you know, he seems to be doing okay again now. But like nobody will still air his specials. He's, he but he filmed one and put it on his own website and is doing fairly well with it there. So, you know, fuck everybody else. But I missed the like show. A lot of these people like it was good. Like if you were being a shit bag, like when Justin Bieber pissed in a fucking mop bucket in the back of a restaurant, and if he'd have just like owned that shit, it's like yeah, fuck it, dude, I had to piss, I was drunk. What the hell? Fuck you. And I think people would have had more respect for him at that point. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know because no one does it. You know, no one yeah. takes the real route to know if people. Well, like Motley Crue did that kind of shit. They were they were just like being complete asshats all the fucking time, and people would like say something about it, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck you. We're gonna do it. We're yeah, rock stars. But, Go kiss my ass." But like adults didn't like. I mean, like people our age, I don't yeah, think true. were like. <laughs> That's cool, Motley Crue. So uh, maybe yeah, the people kids like my parents' age back then were like, oh, my God, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> like my parents actually saw Motley Crue one time like they were my mom and dad were in Vegas with my grandparents, you know, my dad's folks and some other friends. There was like several of them all went made a, like a weekend trip to Vegas. And they were my mom was like at a craps table or roulette table or something like that. And I think it was uh, it was either I think it was Tommy Lee, actually, it was either Tommy Lee or Nikki Six. One of them was standing right next to her, like playing at the table. And like had his entourage with him and shit, and they didn't know who the fuck these guys were. They learned later on who the hell they were, but they were playing there, you know, that night, and they were just fucking off in the casino, getting drunk, and no telling what all. But <laughs> right, and yeah, they they didn't even know who they were, who they were, and they were like, oh my god, these these they look like they needed a bath. <laughs> that was my parents' impression of them. Right. And Damn, of course, hey, they were younger then than I am now, but hey. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, but it's different. I don't know. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm uh, 33, but I have no kids. So it's like a different sort of 33. And 
uh, I just still feel so young, you know, like, yes, when I'm around young people, I feel old, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'll be like, oh, fuck, I am old. But like, when it's just me by myself, you know, I'm like, I don't know, I'm like the same person. I'm cool, you know, or whatever. But then when I'm around old people, I feel really young. When I'm around young people, I feel really old. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be. Um, but, you know, my mom, when she was my age, she had a 13 year old. No, no. She had a 15 year old. And uh, I think about that way too often where I'm like, oh, shit, I, I could have a 15 year old. I'm a kid myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but my mom was uh, 18 when I was born and my dad had just right. turned 19. So, I... yeah, exactly. So, uh, I was the same with my mom being 18. And, uh, you know, she loves it now. She loves telling people how old her son is. Because she doesn't look like she should have a 33-year-old son. And right. um, she's very happy about that. I can imagine. That means I'm about your mom's age then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because uh, like my mom was 18 when I was born. But uh, my dad was 19, like I said. And I was 36 before my daughter was born. And now she's 13 now. So <laughs> yeah, close. Close there. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm turning 50 later this year. For those yeah, who can't yeah. do simple math. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you have like a cool like graveyard party planned or where everyone wears black? And I'm not sure. I was thinking about like going down because my, my dad had a f- party at their, at his house. He lives down in East Texas, a couple hours east of here. And he had, they have a, like a fire pit dug beside their house and stuff. And he had a big shindig out there for his 50th. And I was kind of wanting to go there and kind of recreate that for my 50th because I remember being there for his but then I'm thinking, man, I know all my friends from up here, my bandmates and everybody, they're not going to want to fucking drive two hours and then have to drive home or find a place to crash, you know, like rent and get a room out there in the area somewhere. So I'm really not sh- sure what I'm going to do just yet. Right. Well, I've got to October to figure it out. So it's no rush. Yeah. Yeah. You got plenty of time. Uh, I don't ever plan on ever doing anything for my birthday ever again. You know, that's where I've been at for however many years now. I like a. That was me since I turned 30, but this one I want to do something. Cool. And then ever since then, I basically just don't ever do a party. Like, no need. Sorry, my dog's over here pestering the shit out of me. No, I mean, it happens to me all the time. Like, uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but my dog in the middle of a podcast will be recording. She'll just start howling or barking at the neighbor's dogs while she's looking out the window and just kind of fuck up a whole take. I mean, I'll leave it in. Nothing you can do. I do, too. I even tell, I'll even play into it. I'll be like, yeah, he's a he's a recurring guest on the podcast, right? <laughs> but like, he just came over here and was just like, put his front feet up in my lap and was like, had his nose in my nose just now. I'm like, dude, go away. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, mine. She'll she'll do the same thing. She definitely wants to be involved. Always. And he hears me talking and he's like, why are you, you're not talking to me? There's nobody else here. What the, who are you talking to? Right. You talking to me? You're talking to me. He does a good accent for the dog. That that was pretty good for him, wasn't it? You do a pretty good Pacino. He's looking at me like, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Oh, man. So uh, you just released music. When, when did that, like... That part, three, uh, that part three just came out, right? Like it came out a little month ago now. April twenty something. April thirtieth. April twenty third. April twenty third. I think that was it. I'm just trying to look at a calendar. April twenty uh, thirtieth. Yeah, I'm gonna say April twenty third is when it came out. Late April. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, got like 50,000 listens or something on Spotify, which is like pretty good. Um, it's 18 songs, so it's a lot of songs. Um, but yeah, so far it's gotten pretty good feedback. You know, it's kind of died out by the time we're recording this. You know, definitely by the time this comes out, you know, the momentum will have died. You know, I'm not very good at, the, like, sharing my shit every day. and Sustained promotion, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just not my thing. I, maybe I should pay someone to do it. I don't know. But uh, either way, I'm not very good at it. You know, people will be like, hey, you need to make videos and put your face on stuff. And I don't know. Like, I don't really like my face necessarily. You know, it's not, like, my strong suit. And so, I don't know. I just don't really want to do that. That's why I have a, I'm an audio-only podcast. You know, like something I'll get on a soapbox about is I hate all these fucking YouTube only or Twitch only fucking quote unquote podcasts. Guess what? It's on a podcast. If there's not an RSS feed and a way for me to download it in my podcast app, it's not a podcast. It's a fucking YouTube show or it's a Twitch show. So anyway, I get real upset and annoyed by that shit. But uh, yeah, I you know, I'm, I'm in the audio podcast space because like like I said earlier, I literally like I am a fan of it. So like it is something I I. Uh, ingest or whatever you know like i i do the medium um uh, but also like uh it is that's just what i wanted it's easier you know for a lot of people out there you know i don't have the equipment to do video it's easier to edit it when i cut something i'm just cutting and um i don't have to like then be like well what about the video being all off and shit so uh you know just get used to podcasts or don't i guess you know either way but um ran over about these fuckers with their twitch shows and their youtube shows (laughs) Yeah, I tell people I do an audio-only show because I've always been told I had the perfect face for radio. Yeah, I feel you. Oh, I'm man. right there. I was going to ask you something else about that album. I can't remember oh. what the hell it was. Now, um, I know Jordan brought it up when he was on, you know, Forgotten One. When he was on last, uh, just, uh, say last week, that was just two days ago. Jeez. Um, he, he was mentioning that album. He he shouted it out on there. So I kind of like to... I need to go check it out. I actually haven't been over to check that album out as of yet, but yeah, I, man, I plan to definitely. Yeah. It's uh got a lot of variety, you know, like, um, the first, first song on it is, uh, the, the first beat I ever made ripping a vinyl, you know, like you have a record player and I, I ripped the vinyl or whatever. And, uh, so like that's cool. It has like that old hip hop feel. And then we have some that are like very poppy. I mean, I don't normally do auto tune stuff, but I even have a couple songs where I'm trying to sing and I had some auto tune shit. And then, you know, that are some, that are uh you know definitely not i don't i mean i sometimes make straight hip-hop but it is very much fused you know i, I do a lot of like it's hip-hop fused with like folksy noises or hip-hop fused with alt rock i don't know like i don't know if mm-hmm. i do too much straight hip-hop these days you know i would like to but when i'm making the beats you know they come out the way they come out and um but yeah it, it's a lot of also really good other artists you know um you mentioned forgotten one his song relax uh is very very fun you know so there's a lot of fun songs and i have a hard time making fun music solo so i do think making collabs uh leads to making more fun music for me so yeah i mean i would recommend it if you have it you know it's like 48 49 minutes something like that oh uh, yeah worth that, listen. I, I remember what it was i was going to bring up in regards to that it's like the whole concept of doing an album full of collaborations was is intriguing to me because I'm a guitar player in a, in a hard rock band and with five people in there and writing and composing and, and practicing and polishing our instrumentation and all the stuff, that process is, can be quite daunting. It takes a long time. And it, so, I mean, like we can't ever compete 
as far as like volume of work that we put out with with someone like yourself that can just and other people that I know that can crank out like shit 20 30 songs a year without much problem like we, we're doing good if we could put out 10 songs a year and that would be a really really fast pace because it usually like one song we get ready just the point where we can play it live not even polished down to the point where we get in the studio and record it but just so where we'd be comfortable playing it in our live show it's going to take you know two to three months worth of work to get it to that point and we could be doing multiple ones at, at once you know working on several songs at the same time but it's, it's the volume is crazy but then when you try to introduce um a feature artist into that mix it just really complicates things greatly and i would love to do pardon me to do more collaborations like have have a hip-hop guy come in and throw a rhyme on a track or things like that of that nature but it's the added um what is already kind of a convoluted way of going about putting together a song the way we write to try to introduce another element into that would just make it extremely difficult so we haven't even even tried to explore that as of yet and i would love to but it's just going to be very difficult right well one of my uh, i have a good friend who he actually is one of the that inspired me to start making beats as he uh He's a lead singer in a band here uh, in Oklahoma, and they were at the time, you know, going around to the state gigging and and getting paid a little bit of money to perform and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so I think that's the big difference is rock bands perform and performing is a very key part of the, the band experience. Right. Whereas in like I as a rapper, I've never performed I a long time ago when I wasn't very good got asked a couple times, but I kind of knew I wasn't good, you know, and I didn't have like backing tracks ready, right. you know, for like, I didn't have songs without my vocals and stuff like that. And so I never did it. Um, now I know a lot of people do do it and I've seen videos of people who say it's like their favorite thing in the world. And I've seen a video of them doing it. I'm like, you're not that good. Now I get it. I probably wouldn't be that good either because I've never done it. And so I'm sure there comes a practice, but I do think that that's a big difference, you know? So like I can have someone from across the country do a verse on this and i don't intend on us ever performing that together somewhere unless the off chance it ever blew up and they like flew us out to whatever and we're performing it live for the first time you know or whatever yeah. like uh that's just for some reason not part of it um in quite the same way and i really do view music making um <laughs> this is an analogy i've used my podcast before i'm view the podcasting and the making beats and music and all that kind of like you go to the flea market as a kid and there's some guy and he's like fucking painting tree bark, right? Who have like this big old piece of tree bark and he's just painting a picture on it. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But it's like really good painting. And you're like, and he's selling them, right? He's selling them like $10 a pop. And you're like, well, I guess shit, if that's what he's doing. Like, I just think I'm like the guy at the flea market as a hobby, making my shit and hopefully people like it. I don't know. Like, I just don't, I don't view me necessarily as the like, going to be super successful selling out an arena playing my music not that that wouldn't be cool um but yeah i don't know so from for the the collabs you know I, I think all the other artists are the same way they're just like hey we're gonna have some shit on a streaming site um you know for my collab albums i feel like it, it's helpful that uh it's like a mixtape it's what a mixtape was for rap you know 20 years ago um where it's just a collection of songs now i am the the tying factor that brings it all together but for the most part you know an artist is just gonna have one song on the album and then they can promote that single and then the, in turn the whole album 
by being like, hey, I'm on this album. Check out mine. And while you're there, maybe you'll check out some other songs. So I think everyone knows it kind of will help them get eyes. So everyone's like really supportive about it. They're also like people want to be on it. Like whenever I put out calls for three, people are like, oh, fuck, I'm not missing out this time, you know. And uh, so it's kind of gained a little bit of a an allure, if you will, uh, through my Twitter friends. So that's fun. Oh, I know it has, but I've seen it. I've seen people talking about it, and I've talked to some of the people who've been on there. So, I know. So, like I said, I just talked with Jordan, who has a song on that on that part three but, album just two days ago. So, uh, and I'm glad you're calling him Jordan because I actually refer to him as Jordan on the song on there. But like, no one gets it because I also referenced Michael Jordan earlier in the song. <laughs> oh, so I hell. think people just assume I'm referring to Michael Jordan. But I was like, ah, fuck. But it's fun. Uh, the forgotten one, JSF, Jordan Faust. So I forgot what his middle name is. But it starts with an S. <laughs> he said it on the podcast the other day. But I don't I'm going to go with Samson. Samson, that's a good one. That's a great one. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not it. But that's, that's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> Jordan Sequan Faust. Ah, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so how would you like... Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to get something like that going. Like, say, uh, to introduce, like, say you were going to come do, a, like, record a, a a verse on a song for a band like mine. How how would you see that process going? Uh, yeah, I think there'd be a couple ways. Um, let's say if it's a studio scenario and say, like, y'all already have the song done, right? So, like, right. let's actually, let's say... And this, you know, you have a song, but this would be like a remix. So, like, theoretically, you would have a tracked out version of your song that would already have everything split up. And then now it's like someone like me who who produces as well. I could take your track outs and then maybe just cut out, you know, a verse or add an extra verse using what y'all have. Right. Um, and then in that empty spot, you know, just spit over it. Um, I've never mixed rock music, so like I would think it would be really hard because they're, the guitars, uh, there's so much in the the middle range of the EQ. You oh, know, there's so I'd much in like, that mix going on, like multiple tracks of each guitar and everything. Yeah, it's insane. Right. So I would think like I would have to be like, all right, we're just notching this shit out for my voice. You know, like I don't even know how it's begin, but I have right. friends that mix rock music, and I know it is like there's just different rules. You know, so then yeah. also. Do you want to keep it that way or would you want like a mix to be like, fuck it, do a hip hop mix this, you know, like because I'm at the point where I'm like a mix is really only good or bad depending on the genre you're going for, you know, like certain genres are supposed to be mixed like that, you know, so like sometimes you can have fun with stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I would think in general you would uh, just leave it open like that um, or you could even go further and do like have someone sample your song of just like you remix it, turn the rock song into a hip hop right, yeah, you could do something because I've I've done that with my friend. I mentioned uh, I used to actually on all my albums do at least one song that sampled him, but then they were always my favorite ones. So I was like, all right, I gotta quit. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So kind of like uh, when uh, was it Puff Daddy sampled Cashmere by right. Led, um, Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah, or or like Asher Roth uh, doing the Weezer song. So like yeah. Asher Ross, I Love College is just Island in the Sun by Weezer, and it took so long. Now, I'm saying this because Asher Ross is one of my favorite rappers, and I had to fucking get an argument on my podcast because I think he's great, and someone acts like he's like a one-hit wonder, and I'm not saying he's not, but he's still great. And uh, anyway, that, I remember at that time period, Weezer would not clear the sample. 
because like they were just pissed basically that it existed. But like Asher Roth didn't make the beat. Like some guy just sampled the Weezer song and made the beat out of it, you know, and then it it got to where it was. But um yeah, that shit happens. You know, I've I've come across a beat that someone sampled uh, a no doubt song, but the beat was so fucking badass. But you know as a rapper, like you would never be able to clear that. So like, right. do you want to even waste your time? And then that's another argument in the producer slash rapper world over who clears what. You know, I as a rapper and producer, I am of the thought that the rapper clears it or whoever's putting it on the album clears it. I don't think a producer should be re- expected to clear their samples um, necessarily. You know, like if they obviously are sampling something, I think it's whoever's going to put it out. It's an uh, obligation to do that. But I know that's like a hotly debated topic online. Yeah, I could see both sides of the argument on that one too. They both have both sides would have really valid points to make right. in that argument. So I agree, and I think probably the responsibility should be shared. Um, like the the producer should definitely has to disclose that before you know when he first presents it to the rapper and saying, "Hey, you know this is sampled by so and so over here. You gonna go clear it or you want me to? You know we've got like how's our split gonna work here? Because if you're gonna make me do extra leg work." I'm going to want a bigger cut, you know, and maybe work it out like that. Right. And honestly, uh, for anyone out there, communication is the biggest key. Um, (laughs) I don't understand how people fuck that up. Like I had a guy uh, last year who was buying some beats off me and he wanted to know if any of the melodies were were loops, if I sampled them, if I made them myself. And um, I think it would have been obvious. It obviously if I would have just said I made all of them myself, that would have probably guaranteed the sell. Um, but I was honest. I was like, you know, two of these I did make myself. One of them is from a royalty free pack. So you should be safe there. And then another one. Yeah, I, I sampled this one thing, but I don't really think he was going to be able to tell. And I kind of, you know, explained it all. And um, it all worked out. He bought all of them, you know, or whatever. So it all worked out fine. But like I that was definitely a moment of like, oh, I don't want to lose the sell by saying the wrong thing, you know. And so. Uh, I try not to be a salesman because I'm not, you know, like that's not really part of my personality. But now that I am selling beats online, I find myself in many uh, negotiations or or really just rappers asking questions. You know, right. like I've had someone hit me up and be like, hey, can you remake someone else's beat? And now I won't do that off of like a moral standard or whatever. Uh, but a lot of producers do. A lot of producers are not above that. You know, they'll go remake anybody's beat if you pay them money. Um so I've had rappers ask me to do that, and I just told the guy that asked me that. I said that guy's selling that lease for forty bucks. Just go buy it off him. And they're like, "Well, I'll give you forty dollars." And I was like, "But that beat's already done. Go buy it off him for forty dollars." Like, what do you? Like, I just don't get it sometimes. So. So you're gonna be pay me forty dollars now, and then pay a lawyer later a <laughs> lot more than that whenever he sues your ass. Right. That's and the I've, plan. I've talked people out of cells, you know, for, for me on my beat store, which is a to the mode.beatstars.com out there for anyone wanting to buy beats. Uh, there's a $25 lease, which gets you up to like 10,000 plays, one music video, and like, I don't know, some other stipulations in there, right? Um, and then there's a $50 lease, which gets you up to like 50,000 plays or something. And then there's like, you can get an exclusive. Actually, that $50 might be unlimited number of plays but then there's an exclusive one right but like someone will hit me up and they'll be like i want the exclusive and i think i right now have my exclusives for like 300 dollars a piece because i was trying to sell them and so i dropped them down to that um and i'll be like they'll but they can't afford the 300 dollars. so someone will hit me up and i'll be like well hey man just get one of the leases you know like 
I looked at your Spotify numbers. You're not going to get over 10,000 plays. Like, just get the $25 one. But, like, they really want the exclusive, you know, and I don't get it, like, why that is, you know. And so, like, anyway, I end up talking to a lot of rappers about these sort of things. And I'm, like, talking them out of spending more money because I'm, like, well, it doesn't really fit your needs. And, uh, you know, I, it's a weird fucking world I'm in. That's what I was trying to get at. That's Selling interesting because I'm kind of like on the outskirts. I see that a lot. Like I've I've talked to a lot of people on here, and I, I've gotten to know people that that buy beats or make and or make beats, and some that do all of it themselves. Like uh, I don't, you, do you know B Funk? Uh, yeah, he's sent music into my podcast before. Yeah, yeah. He he like makes all of his own beats and does all his own rapping and everything also. So you know, it is, and it runs the gamut. You know, everybody's different. They all do their own thing. Like several people that are like Pally Ray, I know, does all of his own stuff. But then like Karma, oh, she buys beats or works with producers that make beats for her, and they split it, do their split or whatever they're gonna do with it. However, they have it worked out. You know, because she works with several different ones, and right. they all have their own you know terms each time. So, but. It, yeah, that's a whole very interesting scene that I'm just kind of on the outskirts of watching it all take place. I don't have the inside insider track like you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I enjoy is, hearing this. It is really interesting. Um, you know, like for me, I think of you know, I mentioned earlier I have like the whole decision folder for my beats. Yeah, like once I make the decision, my beat's gonna go to my beat store. I do for whatever reason in my mind think now, now this beat is now worth money. Now, regardless if I have other beats that I'm not selling that are that I might think are better for whatever reason. I've just decided I'm selling that beat. And so, uh, you know, once it goes up to my store, uh, if you know, I've sold beats to strangers I've never talked to. Like I've been asleep and a beat sold and I'm like, hell the fuck. That's awesome. You know, like that's the coolest <laughs> feeling in the world. And now I don't sell them consistently. I wish I did. You know, I wish I had it all figured out and I feel like I'm, you know, working towards it. Um, but yeah, you, you get on that. And like, so you mentioned karma. I actually sent karma a beat about a month ago because I made a beat that I was just like, fuck, this just sounds like a karma beat. You know, like it just does. And so I sent it to her and I told her in the email, like, hey, just give me 25% on DistroKid. And DistroKid, people don't know, is a distributor of how a lot of, a lot of people upload their music these days to these streaming services. And, um, yep. you know, and I'm fine with that. You know, I didn't ask her for any other money. Um, now, maybe that was a stupid, you know, some producer will say that's dumb. You should always try to get more money or get 50% or whatever. But, you know, I'm friends with Karma. We've worked together before. And, um, you know, some other people you've had on, like, I'll, like Kid G, you know, I've sent him some beats before. And I'm like, hey, just give me 25% and we're straight. And I really am trying to just build a collection that on my distro kid, because right now I'm up to like 34 collabs or something. We're like, I'll just be making money off other people's songs because, you know, those are my beats. Yeah. And even though it's not, you know, I could sell those beats for more money, you know, like not, no offense to all these people. Typically they're not going to make a whole lot of money on streams, you know, because you don't get paid anything for streams, but like, it is like, I'm trying to build a friendship and a relationship with people. And, uh, also like, I don't know if you've seen him online, Thetikos, he may have called in your podcast, but like he's bought beats off me. And so then I turned around and sent him some free beats to, as like a, Hey, thanks for buying beats off me. Like, you know, I try to be cool like that. Um, but yeah, it is a weird world. There is uh like I've never paid anyone for a verse. So like I understand when people don't want to buy beats. You know, I don't really buy beats either because I make my own. So like I get it. Uh but I do think some people expect a lot for free when I am of the impression like if you don't want to buy beats, then you should learn how to make them. You know, or try your yeah. best. You know, like because you can't be just out there begging for free shit all the time. And maybe, and that's something. Everyone thinks they're good enough to get free stuff. 
And, uh, you know, that's another <laughs> debate out there. Uh, you know, like they'll be like, well, it's not good. I am at rapping. You want me on your beat. And sometimes that would be true. Maybe they are that good that I'd want them on my song. I'm not going to sit there and be like, here's all this free shit you get to have for nothing. But I don't know. And you see even the producer community, like producers charge other producers to collab with them. And I'm of the impression that's some crazy shit. I would never pay anybody money to collab with me. But there is – I see the debate every day of people like if you don't – yeah, you only think that because you don't take it seriously. If you took it seriously, then you would pay people for their time. And I'm like, but it's my time too. You know, like so I get all sides because I am a rapper and producer and I've you know been on both sides buying, selling and all that. Uh, so there is no right answer. Everyone's answer is, you know, going to be dependent on themselves. And it's and it's going to vary case by case. You look at every single f- like major label artist that's out there right now. Let's go that route with it. The the big major label artists who are being like featured on another major label um, you know, production. They're going to get paid for their time to be on that. And they're going to get a cut, you know, the royalty on it. But Every single one of those is negotiated. Like if you're the brand new guy, like when uh, I think it was about four, five, six years ago when like two chains was first coming up and he was like getting featured everywhere. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? This dude's just never, never heard of him on any of his own work, but he's featured every fucking where. So, <laughs> right. Well, it's because he was and, titty boy, but right. Um, yeah. Like for instance, I think the paying someone for a verse that has to come with they're going to be bringing an audience to the table. You know, like, I, yeah. I think that's what you're paying for. You're not paying exactly. for their actual verse. So, like, on the very small levels, I will say, like, Karma we mentioned earlier. When I do a song with Karma, it legitimately gets more listens than if I do a song with other people because she actually has, you know, a little fan base that are going to that, – that will listen to her songs. You know, and I have a couple friends like that, but I have some others that – it's not much of a difference, you know, like it just doesn't move the needle. And that's nothing against them. They don't, they're not charging me money and neither is karma, but just like she could, right. Theoretically, because at least she's moving the needle a little bit, but most artists um, aren't moving the needle enough for the amount of money they're wanting to charge. Now, like yeah. Drake, you could pay Drake any amount he asks, because that's like basically the way you blow up in hip hop. But like for a lot you're, of you're artists, paying the fee to get in front of his audience. Exactly. Like it's just that's exactly what the fee is for. So some people charging I see on Twitter and they'll be like, listen, if you don't charge for a verse, then no one's going to take you seriously. And I'm like, I just don't. I would feel like I'm ripping someone off. Whereas then when I'm selling beats, I really feel like I am selling them that instrumental. You know, like it's not my name on the instrumental or me bringing you an audience with the beat. Whereas in me as like a vocalist or rapper, I feel like that's kind of part of it, you know, so. That's how in my head I separate the two. That makes sense because, like, I mean, look at any anybody out there, and uh, like the the producer is typically not the 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 name that people associate with the song when they hear it. Um, right, unless anyone, you're like Timberland or Pharrell, right? Like, there's a yeah, couple exactly. super there, producers, there but yeah, not many. You know, there's a you know. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Oh shit! I just had his name and it escapes me. With you, you mentioned Pharrell, but uh, the other dude that was on fucking The Voice for years, CeeLo Green. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, CeeLo. CeeLo's good. Rick Rubin's probably like my producer hero these days. You know, white guy in it early. I really like uh, Rick Rubin. 
and like if you were if you were a producer that's known to be associated with an artist, like I can't even remember. I don't even know his name. I've heard it, but I don't remember. It. Like like Billy Eilish's brother, who's her producer. Right. You know. Okay. Yeah. So he does have a draw of his own too. There, I would think. But I mean, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Billy Eilish, but after she I haven't either, but a little bit here and there. Yeah, she won some awards. I went and listened to it, and the thing that stuck out the most was the production. I was like, whoever mixed and produced this is really good. And then when I learned won it was some her... awards. You mean after she broke Michael Jackson's record for oh, Grammys? Is that what happened? And <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, I went into it being like, oh man, this is really well mixed and really well produced. So I mean. I think he's probably just as – I don't want to say equally – but, yeah, probably equally as uh, responsible for that whole sound, if not more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Someday I'll get with what the kids are listening to. I'm Like I said, I mentioned earlier I have a 13-year-old. So mm-hmm. she's – she came up listening to my stuff, so she's she's been into metal. Like one of her favorite bands of all time is mine, Metallica, because she was brought up on that. But um, she's recently gotten into some of the the like dark pop movement, and like of course Billy Eilish. Pardon me, damn, I'm still burping. <laughs> Billy Eilish is like the biggest artist in that subgenre right now. Um, she's not super into her. She likes her, but she's not like a super fan of hers. But there's another girl named Melanie Martinez that has about maybe about a quarter of the following that Billy does, but she's been doing it longer. She's kind of like one of the pioneers of that whole dark pop movement. Actually, she started on the voice back in like 2016. I think it was, but, um, I listened to this, uh, little blue haired, little blue haired kid named little spirit, which is might be dark pop, but, that's probably like the only thing I listen to that's close to that. You know, I find I like just finding random people on Spotify, and then you're like, "Hey, this is pretty." This is how I know I'm old, and I'll be like, "Hey, this is pretty good." And then you click on them, and it's like they have a million monthly listeners, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I guess they're already popular." <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't find anybody. I know. It's like my daughter brought that Melanie Martinez to me, and I was like, "Oh, wow, kind of interesting," because she seems like a a really like pretty like. You just listen to the tone of her voice and whatnot, and you would think that this is just a happy pop song. But if you start listening to the lyrics, you're like, when she's talking about, if you fuck me over, I'll scratch your fucking face off. And it's like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of interesting. And then I got to look, and then she's got like 12 million monthly listeners. It's like, oh, damn, she's not a slouch, man, by any right. stretch. I think it was actually 2011 when she was on The Voice. It was like 10 years ago. She was on like season three quite a while back. So, Right. And yeah, like I you can't – I can't like – I mean I don't have kids or anything. But if I did, I feel like I would try not to give too – care too much about language because I listened to like the worst music growing up. Like I was a Napster kid. Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, I got Napster in like sixth grade when I got my first home computer and all that stuff. So like I just downloaded and listened to everything. And uh, I remember burning my dad's CDs like he wanted some old country music. And uh, – I accidentally put juveniles back that ass up on the end of the CD, like the unedited version. And he got so pissed off at me <laughs> of like, what are you listening to boy? You know, like real country and shit. Yeah. So, that was, my parents, they'd have been the same way, but like, I'm, I'm the same way with you. Like my daughter listens to stuff. Like, well, half the shit she listens to with me, you know, like I put on a song and like, they're kind of like, you know, bro metal or whatever you want to call it. The five finger death punch. on it. Do you know them? I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they have like one or two songs in their entire catalog that would not have to be significantly edited to be on the radio. It's, it's their expletive-laden songs throughout their whole catalog. 
And uh, I've, fuck, I've listened to her, them with her in the car. She doesn't give a shit. Like even like hip hop and rap, like you know, fucking Eminem dropping f bombs, and even the last line there, all I do is drop f bombs. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> she she knows. She listens to all that shit along with me. She doesn't, and right. it's it's just not an issue anymore. I don't I don't really I don't even filter my own language around her anymore because she she knows what she can get away with and what she can't, and what she'll get her ass in trouble for. So we're good. Right. Not to, uh, I mean, we can get into it more, I guess, whenever you call it on my podcast, but I will be honest, metal music is like a huge uh, empty hole in my music catalog. It's something I've never been able to quite, I've been able to quite understand the musical validity of it. Maybe that's the wrong wording, but like when I hear it, it just sounds like a bunch of noise. Like, you know, yeah. like people are just trying to shred as loud as possible. And, and I'm always like, a lot of it sounds that way to me. Okay. A lot of the, like really heavy stuff, like the like serious like death metal and stuff, like yeah, right. just like I don't I don't really get it. So. And it's like sometimes there's some pumping involved, like the bass is pumping in there, <laughs> I think. But it, besides that, it's just loud. Like Tenacious D's, I always say everyone's my favorite rock band. So like if that's any uh, indication of what type of rock music I'm into, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I try to get into it more. Um, I, I've actually since I made beats, I try to get into every music genre more. Um, you know, I watch movies and I just, all I can listen to is the score and I'm like, fuck the soundtrack. So good on this movie. And my wife will be like, shut the fuck up. Like just enjoy a movie for once. <laughs> like right. it, it really has ru ruined, but also like, I didn't realize I had a passion, you know, in life, which is until I started making beats. And then I was like, oh my God, like there's something I love to do in life. You know, and that was, that was pretty cool. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, that's my positive positive message for the kids. <laughs> your one positive message for the day, huh? Exactly. You don't want to don't want to exceed your quota. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, Mo, man, I was, I'm really glad we did this, bro. But it's been almost an hour and a half. I think we ought to start looking at getting yeah, on yeah. With the rest of our evening. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave some for like I said. Uh, we'll have you call. We could probably time it to where like. This episode comes out the same day as the episode you call into mine, and it'll just be like a oh that would a, be badass a day of the podcast. So I will try to get you on here in the next one or two weeks, and then we'll we'll time that out. Sounds good, man. I can always shuffle. In. I've got I've got like three in the can, I think, right now already. In the, but I can always shuffle things around to make it work. So. Okay, cool, cool. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. All right, man. It was good. It was really, oh, fuck that. It was great talking to you, man. I had a ball, dude. Hi, I'll catch you soon, man. Later. Thank you for listening to the Autonomy Talent Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me and my guest today, and I hope you really enjoyed the show. If you did, I would ask that you follow us on whatever podcast player you're listening to, and go check us out on our social medias. I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter, at AutonomyPod. So go follow the podcast accounts over there, and I'll be seeing you again next week. Take care, everybody.